Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the in this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your neck. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the Comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. And we are back off of vacation, off of Roz being lazy and having some garage band issues, getting the episodes up. We're back, baby. And before I let Witch stop in, because you know I like to hold off his introduction as long as I possibly can, there's an ad. There is bet online, everybody. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And oh boy, are college hoops coming to a head. Have you been watching the conference tournaments this week? Holy smokes. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just baseball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. And I said baseball, but I meant basketball because baseball is hella canceled. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline where the game starts. Again, get your 50% welcome bonus with the code G-L-E-A-V. Hey, Wits, how you doing? Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a long time. I think it's been a couple weeks here since we've been around, but we've been busy. We've been traveling, the golf tournaments, we've been scouting, got the players this week. Um, a lot of trade talk in the NFL. A lot of things have gone down, which I know you're we excited came back, about. Let's just say we came back in a perfect week. Perfect storm, bunch to talk about. I mean, it gives us an episode to do. All the things that just happened in the NFL when it's supposed to be their offseason. Their offseason hasn't even started. That's March 16th. We've got golf, the players. We've got March Madness one week away, which means we're going to talk a lot of college basketball today, which I know Wits is – it's almost his time of year to start talking about college basketball again. And, of course, we got to talk about opening day in Major League. They're just, they continue to bury themselves. And it's just a reminder that the NFL has no offseason. It is always the king in the news. Especially for the last year with Aaron Rodgers. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Which, where were we? Where did we just come back from? Uh, we were in Orlando, Florida for the Arnie Palmy Invitational at Bay Hill. Um, this tournament was, was freaking awesome. Great course. We were there with Rube, who's our expert golf contributor. Um, we went out there and we, uh, we did it the right way. Got there at 6.45 every morning, saw the opening tee, uh, parked ourselves at a few different spots, and it was really fun to watch. It was, it was my first time seeing a golf tournament in person, um, and we, uh, we didn't stay for the last day, watched it on TV, but 
man, that was a tough, tough course. And maybe lived, lived up to Arnie's dream of being a U.S. Open type of course because he always wanted to have one there. Um, not all the players loved it, but as a spectator, I thought it was awesome seeing those guys struggle a little bit. Uh, Rory shoots seven under in the first round. Score the winning score of the tournament was five under, so it was a uh, it was a tough one, but very fun to watch. Yeah, they they uh, we could have been there for the last day, but obviously we have to get back to our jobs in real life every once in a while, and then they're probably glad we weren't there for the last day because we were. Special. I mean, three days three days was a lot. Three days was a lot, and we'll go over course. the P's, the P's and Q's of a golf tournament, but it would have come to a head if I was there watching Hovland really struggle down the stretch. I mean, Jesus Christ, I had my money on Hovland. I had other things going down the shoot and it just, it didn't work. Rube putting that money on, on chef or on Scotty. Scotty Scheffler was a nice little win for one of our groups of people, but man, oh man, you're right. We're beaten up. I mean, I'm still a little sunburned. We did almost over 50,000 steps in three days, pretty wild atmosphere. It got hot there in the Florida sun. Let me just say, bring your sunscreen, bring your walking shoes. Cause it's a lot of work, these golf tournaments. And, uh, also, we don't get sponsored by them, but get a MasterCard because they helped us get into the suites, the club suites on uh, hole nine. We got to sit right over the flag, watch what a miserable hole people are. Like, people were struggling out the wazoo. We saw more bogeys and birdies, um, but it was a very fun tournament. Congratulations to Scotty winning his second in his last three tournaments. We're ready for the players. We'll get a little into the players in a second, but Wicks – we got to talk about what's reigning supreme, and that's the NFL again. There are games and matches going on in the world, but nothing reigns supreme to the NFL. So much is going on, and uh, you can either let me start with it or you can just allude to it yourself and let me go off about it. Biggest news of the week happened yesterday. Fine. Go off. Number 12 is back in Green Bay, and we all knew it. I was saying it. On a podcast I didn't even release, I was talking about it. Aaron Rodgers is going to be back in Green Bay. We're going to tag Devontae Adams. You guys are all like, you guys are paying him way too much against the cap. Fuck the cap. We push it down the line. We're going to give him a big deal. That deal, the $200 million for four years, is not a real deal yet. That is just speculation. They're still working on contract. We're going to bring back some more of the boys. Let's get Razul Douglas back in the building. Devondre Campbell. Anybody we can. And then uh, you never know. There might be some sneaky picks up on that team. We might get Vaughn Miller, Mari Cooper, who's about to be cut by the Cowboys. This Packers team now, let me just put it this way, has no excuse. No Tom Brady, Russell Wilson out of the NFC, only Stafford, who people question if he's a Hall of Famer just because he had one good year with the Rams. It's Rodgers' conference. It's time for Rodgers to do to the NFC what Tom Brady did to the AFC after Peyton Manning retired and Big Ben lost both of his feet in the war. It is his time to take over a conference where there's nobody else there until the next wave of guys like the Patrick Mahomes of the world. It's great news for Green Bay. I don't think we're going to have to worry about it for the next three years. We can trade Jordan Lev. Le, Love. I just made him a Jew calling him Jordan Lev. Um, but Jordan Love we're going to probably get rid of here. I know he's got a friendly contract, so it doesn't make total sense to get rid of him. But if you can get picks – Maybe even a wide receiver. I saw an interesting trade that would involve Paris Campbell from the Colts. Would love to see that happen. And now, Wits, I'll bestow you with the other NFL news. Obviously, Russell Wilson traded to Denver. That might be the most entertaining division in sports. And then, well, Clark can I can I ask you can I ask you a question yeah. about the Packers first? Um, 
So see where we're snarky? Are you gonna, are you coming at me sideways right here? Uh, I mean, I, I'm legitimately curious. This is not a snarky question. Um, so seeing where we're at now with the Packers re-signing Rodgers, what are your thoughts as a Packers fan of the Jordan Love pick a couple of years ago? So the how best, does that wait, I have the answer for that. I just want to see how it sits with you. We traded a first-round pick to re-sign Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams in the same season. So you're basically getting the two-time MVP, reigning MVP, and you're getting the number one receiver in the league for a first-round draft pick. I think anybody in the league would do that. If you if the Tennessee Titans or came calling, they're like, we'll just give you one first-round draft pick to get Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, and that somehow worked out. For, it's the best trade in the history of sports. So that's where I'm going to go with it. It was a first-round draft pick for both Rodgers and Devontae. We move on. It sucks, but that's basically it. Is that because they, Jordan Love's still under contract for another year? He is still under contract for two well, more I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to I – don't, I don't really get what you said. What um, I'm saying is what happened is wipe out Jordan Love for a second. Pretend Jordan Love, just we get rid of him, move on. It's basically us giving up a first-round pick, and the Packers have made the decision to go ahead – and keep Aaron Rodgers and Devontae. It's basically the Packers traded away a first-round pick that they never got any use out of to keep Aaron Rodgers and Devontae. Fuck it. I'm good with that. I'll do, the, Bears, the Bears gave away three first-round picks for Cleo Mack, and they're already thinking of getting rid of him. So there's not much more to say there. Yeah, um, interesting. I mean, as a Packers fan now, do, do you get any joy out of watching the regular season? I, I feel like your season has to start at the NFC Championship game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had that talk with my dad. So the enjoyment of the regular season is just football, right? I get to see my Packers play on Sunday. I got nothing else going on, maybe ripping some Panda. Not this, not this year, because we've got Jared's wedding to look good for. But on most given years, ripping a little Panda on the Sunday and while you watch with the Packers. So that's the enjoyment. But yeah, honestly, for me, it's now a matter of let's just get, let's just get to the playoffs and let's do this. I don't want to buy. I don't want to be the number one overall seed. A two or three spot would be good. You get the home game, give it a shot. Coming off a week 18 where you needed to play, um, just keep momentum going because we're the, clearly the worst number one seed in the history of the NFL. So let's, uh, let's just skip over that. But, yeah, I'm excited. Um, we'll be in the NFC Championship and most, most likely the Super Bowl. Um, I think we're going to be Super Bowl champions this coming season. I had my year. I'm going for two in a row in fantasy, and I think the Packers are going to hop on. I'm going to give them my best coaching effort to help them get to their – Super Bowl, first one since 2011. Yeah, it looks like uh, they're going to be facing off against the Tom Brady-led San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> he's got jokes over there. Let's talk about other quarterbacks. Carson Wentz traded to the Commanders, which it's going to take a long time for me to be able to – like, I almost feel it's easier to say Washington football team. Yeah. Washington can, Commanders is such a mouthful. Like it is, and when I, when I got the notification on my phone, my first thought was like a CFL team, or and I was like, wait a minute, can't get traded between leagues. Then I realized that they were the Commanders now, but I really got used to Washington football team. I mean, it took a couple weeks to start of last year, but it just it just kind of was a thing. Like I wasn't mad about it anymore. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting. Commanders, name. The Commanders does sound like a Canadian football league team. It, it sounds like or an Arena League team. Um, so, Roz, I mean, I know we both don't think much of Carson Wentz. Um, Probably nothing but, at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the – God, now, and I've got, like, instead of the football team, I've got, like, three names on my mind now. 
Um, but the commanders, I mean, they were in a tough spot. I mean, they got Fitzpatrick to start of last year and he gets hurt in the first game. Um, Heineke probably, probably a, a very good backup. Um, did show some spurts at times, but I mean, that team really underachieved last year and I'm not going to put it all on Heineke. Um, the defense just really wasn't as good. Right. And a lot of people, um, a lot of people, smart people were saying that before the year that maybe their defense looked a lot better because they were playing against some really terrible offenses in the NFC East, you know, not the Cowboys, um, but you know, the giants, the Eagles. Um, so we'll see where it goes from here, but Carson Wentz, as bad as he has played in the past, he did have a stretch where he was arguably in the hunt for the MVP race. So you can make a case that if he ever finds anything like that again, Washington yeah, could be pretty. How long are we consistent. waiting for him to find that, Xander? I, I, that's not that. I'm, if I was, if I was a fan of the team, you sound like Matthew Barry. Like Matthew Barry's a Washington football team fan, and he, he had one of the best Twitter videos I've ever seen today, trying to convince himself it's going to be okay, and like went <laughs> deep in the statistic categories to find where Carson Wentz actually shined. I mean, that's this is the great part about the off season in any league. You got to have some hope if you're a fan of a team. That's all you have. Um, but we, we can't spend our whole show talking about Carson Wentz. Let's talk about maybe the biggest trade that we've seen in the past decade in the NFL with Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. Is that, is that a fair statement? Yeah, I was, re I was trying to think, cause I feel like I've said that statement before, but I can't off the top of my head think of it. Um, yeah, I can't really think of a trade bigger than that and with the like maybe a Revis trade or there's some big defensive players traded or a wide receiver traded but they never really have that big impact on it like Russell's still 33 and is still an all-pro quarterback and can change a super franchise bowl winning quarterback yeah and a super bowl winning quarterback so this is probably the biggest but runs into the problem that I thought Aaron Rodgers would want to avoid that's a fucking loaded ass division he's going to with Mahomes Herbert and Derek Carr, who I don't have a whole lot of respect for in terms of his game play and winning ability, but, I mean, they're all top 15 quarterbacks this past season, so. Yeah, out of all the divisions to walk into, that was probably the one in the NFL that, that you didn't want to. Um, you know, like you said, Derek Carr made the playoffs last year. Justin Herbert, I don't think he's made the playoffs yet, but he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. And then you've got the Chiefs who, you know, over the span of the past four or five years, I think have been the best team in the NFL. So I would say definitely an uphill climb there. But, you know, you think about Denver, um, they have had so many terrible quarterbacks, right? I mean, we take out Peyton Manning. The list is, it's like a Chicago Bears type of list of quarterbacks. Um, and then when they finally got Manning, you know, they came around the corner, won a Super Bowl. So maybe this is uh, the second shot here for Elway because they'd guessed wrong on a lot of different quarterbacks. Um, so in terms of fantasy, I mean, you, you got to get excited about the Broncos skill position players, you know, guys like Jerry Judy, Javante Williams. Um, I think they traded Fant to Seattle, I believe, but Albert, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, he's getting a little bit of hype right now. And, you know, if we look at Seattle, I think we're, we're, we're entering a full rebuild mode. Um, very quickly, right? They released Bobby Wagner, traded Russell Wilson, and now I hear that they're taking calls for DK and Tyler Lockett. So uh, this is going to be the end of an era in Seattle. It was a good run, 
by Pete Carroll. I mean, they won a Super Bowl. They probably should have won two, but got a little long in the tooth there. And it's it's interesting that they, you know, it seems like they ended up siding with Carroll over Russell. Over everybody. Yeah. You're gonna rebuild. So, you're gonna rebuild with Pete Carroll. The guy's seventy plus years old. How much like? What do you? How much time you got left with that? Yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, Seattle. Um, yeah, this definitely puts them near the bottom of the barrel. And then I think the NFC West is interesting, Roz. I mean, I think last year, the start of the year, that was hands down the best division in football, right? But now you've got Russell leaving Seattle. You've got a pretty unstable quarterback situation in San Francisco. And, you know, you still got the Rams who might get another go at it this year. But I mean, that team, I, I think is destined to just, not fall apart, but just not be able to pay everybody on the team. So, you know, if something happens to Kyler Murray, whether he goes to play baseball or gets traded, I mean, that division could go from, you know, first to maybe near the NFC East in terms of competition. So we'll see where it goes from here. But there's a couple teams near the top of the league that have very easy routes to the playoffs in the NFC. Um, And I think this just makes it a little bit easier for the Rams now. So we don't really know what's going to happen with the Cardinals. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with San Francisco. Whether they stick with Jimmy, they go with Trey Lance, or they get a third guy that I mentioned a little earlier, um, the best quarterback of all time. So we'll see what happens here. But I'm holding out hope for my, uh, my Eagles that they're going to make a playoff run. We'll see. I don't have any faith in you, but that's just because I don't have any faith, faith in the NFC East. Let's uh, get off football. We've got two things. We've got the players this weekend and – wrapping up of the conference tournaments, which are already super electric. March Madness is next week, man. I mean, next week's episode is going to be completely all March Madness. But quickly about the players, I just want to give some players that I like money-wise. We're trying to make you money on this show. Um, Rube and Wits are going to hate this, but you got to love to see Rory and Victor at 22-1. to I think anytime you get 22-1 to on something – you might as well throw a little shekel on it. It's not big enough, but I've got bigger names for you to chase. I think Rory coming off of what he claimed to be a crazy tough weekend, he's going to find some solace in a, in a course he won at three years ago. Victor Hovland has been in some of the best form um, and obviously choked down the stretch of Bay Hill, but he's been just on an absolute winning tear on both the tours this season. Hideki at 28-1, to who might be having one of the best seasons um, on the tour currently since the turn of the calendar year. 28 to 1, again, not high enough for Wits and Rube to hop on, but if you're being pragmatic and just wanting to take people who actually have a shot, I would go with Hideki here. Now, if you want to go a little bit longer in terms of odds, I like Billy Horschel, 55 to 1. I mean, this guy is playing with more heart than anybody I've ever seen. A guy who hasn't won his own home state yet was so close last weekend. We got what to talk to we got to watch him, and the guy is just fierce. I love the way he plays. Would love to see Billy win it in his own state. And I think he has a real chance of playing great golf right now, especially when you get to see it live in action. And then Terrell Hatton, 66-1. to 1. The guy had a rough Saturday, hard to explain. But a guy who basically took himself out of the tournament Saturday was one shot off of winning, actually went into the clubhouse with the lead, only to lose it to Scotty Scheffler, I think 66-1. to 1 is a valuable pick if you're taking somebody to win the tournament. I look down a little bit if you want even further ones. I mean, Chris Kirk has been playing exceptional golf. You can get him at 100-1. to 1. And uh, same with Max Home. I think both guys 
playing good golf, Tom Hoge, or as I'm being told that I'm wrong, is Tom Hoagie at 125 to one is a fun pick in our opinion. I mean, good guy playing good golf, had a rough start at the Arnold Palmer on Thursday, but really did turn around to have one of the best rounds um, on the weekend. And those are just some of my picks going into the players. I think those guys are going to be aggressive and get after it. And uh, hopefully one of them wins you some cash. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the second half of the picks. Uh, I've got a similar theme. I got a couple guys near the top. Um, I like uh, I like a couple guys that haven't really been playing recently. The first guy is a DJ. How about um, forty to one on DJ? Yeah, forty to one. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago he was on that stretch where it looked like the guy was never going to lose a golf tournament again. But you know, hasn't been in the greatest form. Hasn't played that much recently. But at that kind of price, um, he is one of the best. You know, I think best ball strikers on tour when he gets it going. So will he get it going this week? I don't really know, but I like the price. And another guy who I like the price on a lot uh, at FanDuel this week, Brooks Kepka, 45 to one. Um, kind of tough to, tough to imagine that you'd see a price like that on a guy with, you know, the caliber of Kepka. Um, so those are the two guys near the top for me. And a similar theme, Roz, like Hatton, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take a little shot at Gary Woodland this week. Um, he was looking like he was gonna win the Invitational this past weekend. Uh, had an eagle on 16, and then just oof, a little bit of a meltdown down the stretch. You know, duffing it out of the bunker on 17. But he's been playing pretty well. Dealt with a lot of health problems the past two years, but when he is healthy, uh, he's he's really got to look out for 75 to one. I like the price. Couple more long shots. Uh, I like Brian Harmon at 100 to one. Uh, one of the very few left-handed golfers on tour, and uh, I like the Hoagie play as well. Hoagie's a he's a fan favorite. And then way down the board, I'm gonna throw a couple shekels on Nick Watney, 500 to one. Uh, why not? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to bet through you, Xander, to get some of these off and. That's all. That's if you allow me. That'll be off the show topic. But yeah, I think it'll be. Fun. It's the players. It's always fun. I mean, sports is at this awesome peak right now of excitement. Right after the Super Bowl, you have that little bit of a lull, but then you get the players. You get the March Madness. You get the Masters all coming at you fast. Um, and then obviously we'll deal with the summer lull when we get there. But we're in we're in a good sports place uh, moving forward. And just a little bit, we're just going to go over a little bit of college basketball before we leave you guys here today um you know what it is everything everything's coming to a head all the conference tournaments are going on we've got murray state clinching we got the longwood lancers getting their first tournament invite ever winning their conference championship in the big south loyola chicago back in the tourney 25 and 7 this year you know what they've been doing you know they have been on an absolute tear stealing hearts in these brackets so Illinois should be terrified if they run into them again. Georgia <laughs> State, who used to have R.J. Han Hamler, Hampler, Dampler, I don't even know who it was, Hunter. It was R.J. Hunter for Georgia State. They're back in the tournaments for the first time since then. Chattanooga, one of the craziest wins I've ever seen against Furman in the Southern Championship. Furman takes the lead with four seconds left in overtime after tying it up with a buzzer-beater three to go to overtime, followed by a buzzer-beating nearly half-court shot by Chattanooga to win the game and go to March Madness. Jacksonville State lost, and they will be playing in the tournament. It doesn't matter. Bellarmine 
is yep. doesn't qualify for some reason. They're ineligible. So Jacksonville State becomes the first team, I think, a couple decades to advance to March Madness, having lost their championship game. Wright State beat Northern Kentucky. They're going in as the Ryzen League, Delaware State, Bryant Bulldogs, South Dakota State Jackrabbits, which at 30 and 4, they've done it many times as well, like Loyola Chicago. They are a team people love to pick as an upset um, as an upset team. I wonder how high they get seeded this year. I can see them being a 12 per usual, but maybe sneaking up the 11 line. You never know. Wait, they might be on the 11 line. And Gonzaga, yeah. who could be your number one overall team. I know this Gonzaga team. It's one that lost the championship last year. Cost me some good money. There's something about it that I see. I see it. Early Mark Few exit. I see you early Mark Few exit. A little, a little sloppy, a little DUI to start the year. Chet Holmgren hasn't been playing the way he should be playing. I don't know. I know he's been good. I know Timmy's averaging 17.5 points per game. But I don't know, man. I, I just I just don't know. We'll see. And then we got the rest of it going down. Obviously, the bigger brackets. We got the Big 12. We got the Big 10. We got the Pac-12, the ACC. And the SEC, which might be the most dominant conference this year. Wits, I just want kind of your thoughts on – we'll go through them real quick. Who you think's coming out of the Big 12? Where, where they'll end up being seeded? And uh, do you like them as a conference come tournament time? Um, Big 12, if I had a bet on the tournament, I'd probably take a stab at Texas right now. Um, I think you could have got a, a little better price a couple weeks ago. But I like Texas. Um, I think Texas Tech is probably the team to watch out for in the tournament from the oh, yeah. Big 12. I wonder where you heard that one from. Yeah, I mean, I get all my college basketball from you throughout the year. I, I like Baylor, too. I don't think I'm going to pick him as my champion, but I mean, those are the three teams just off the top of my head, the limited basketball I've watched. Just a, you're just avoiding Kansas at all costs. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kansas is they're, – they're just like a setup for disappointment always. Um, but, Roz, great stat I heard. Gonzaga has made their conference championship game for 25 years in a row. I heard that this morning and I was like, but who's in their conference? I don't, I mean, I, I don't even care who's in their conference. That is unbelievable. 25. That's almost as long as we've been alive. Um, yeah. They're a team to watch out for, but yeah, like you said, Roz, the SEC has some very powerful teams. Um, you jumping across the board. Don't even care about what Roz has to say about the Big 12. You know what? Maybe I do think Kansas has a team that's going to compete this year, and Texas Tech is a team to watch. Maybe give us a Kansas win in this tournament, but Texas Tech is a team to watch out for. Kansas could be a Final Four team. All right, Wiss, let's talk about the SEC like you wanted to. Tell me about their bracket and who you like coming out of this stacked fucking conference. Yeah, well, I think my favorite team in the SEC <laughs> um, is Auburn. I know that they're, they're a team that you were looking at a few weeks ago. I would love them to come in as a two seed because I think, you know, the, if they're a one seed, people are more inclined to take them to win the championship. But as, as a contrarian March Madness player uh, who hasn't won in over a decade, I would love to see them come in as a two. But you've got Kentucky. You've got Arkansas. Um, tell me who I'm missing. Tennessee. I, I know there's more. Tennessee just sneaked into the top ten on, on – uh... On the AP polls, they're number two in the SEC bracket. They'll go up against potentially Kentucky, Alabama. Um, Alabama will get Georgia Vanderbilt, which starts um, later this week. But I think Tennessee, they're on the rise, but are headed to a fall. They're a team that always worries me come tournament time. They're beatable, in my opinion. I think 
they have their formula. It hasn't changed much, and you saw what happened last year when they were one of the top teams. You've seen what happens when they've been the top team, much like you were shooting on Kansas. I worry about Tennessee. I think Kentucky, for the first time in a while, they're good until they run into an excellent shooting and defensive team. I think Kentucky makes some noise for the first time in a minute. I know they missed the tournament recently. Uh, I think Kentucky really has a claim to win the SEC championship, which would help us get Auburn to the two-line because um, I would love to rip Auburn. I think Auburn's got what you need. They've got an NBA draft prospect. They've got great guards. They've got great defense. I think Auburn's a team I really, really, really like, but I think Kentucky could take the SEC title. Yeah, and Ross, interesting thing about Kentucky and Tennessee, both undefeated at home this year, right, 18-0 and and 16-0, and 6-5 and on the road for both teams. So I'm interested to see how that kind of plays into the tournament because they're all basically neutral site games. So we'll see uh, if there, there's any difference in, um, you know, in the playing ability with some of these top teams, um, you know, not really being on the road, neutral site, but not being at home. So it'll be interesting to watch. There's one team in the SEC that I think could make a deep run, but, you know, also be knocked out in the first round. Uh, it would be Alabama, right? They've had some great wins this year. They've had some head-scratching losses. But I think they're a team, when they get rolling, you know, they beat Gonzaga, they beat Houston, um, and they beat Tennessee. So they, they definitely have some great wins on the schedule. But, you know, they, they've had a lot of head-scratchers, losing to Georgia, who went, you know, 6-25 and 25 this year. Um, so they're, they're a team, I think, that could make a deep run but could also disappoint you on opening day. Yeah, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see. Big Ten definitely took their lumps last year, and could the SEC be in the same boat where there was so much promise and they all get there and shit the bed? Let's talk about the Big Ten as we move forward here. Interesting bracket. Again, a very cannibalistic conference. Year in and year out in football and in basketball, Wisconsin losing to Nebraska in an ugly fashion with, with Johnny Davis getting hurt putting Illinois back as the number one team in the Big Ten for the second year in a row. Illinois, we all know what happened when they were the number one overall seed. Not the number one overall seed, but they were a number one seed in the tournament. We'll see how they do this time around. Michigan looming. Let's just put it that. Indiana, Michigan. Indiana playing for their lives um, in this tournament. I think Michigan gets the best of them. I think Michigan's getting a little hot at the right time. Do I think Michigan's a Final Four team? No, I do not. But I think Michigan's going to steal some hearts in this tournament. They've had a rough season, a lot of drama around Jawan Howard and this team. But I think they can upset Illinois. Um, I think they can upset Illinois in this Big Ten bracket, hurting what would be the highest probable um, seed for the Big Ten. I know Purdue's up there as well. And Wisconsin – Wisconsin is a team I love. Johnny Davis being hurt is concerning. Them having to potentially play Michigan State in the second round is concerning um, of this Big Ten tournament. So we'll see. I think Michigan State can easily take that one, especially with Davis off the court. And then Wisconsin, who knows where they get seated. That is a team I think they're one of my Final Four favorite teams. They're just well put together. I think Johnny Davis has become an absolute star. Um, I do like Wisconsin. Purdue will either look at Ohio State – um, or Minnesota or Penn State. I think Purdue is my favorite right now to win the Big Ten tournament, um, which is good because I don't, I don't foresee them going very far in the actual March Madness tournament. So it'll just help seeding when it comes to Wisconsin. Yeah, so Roz, the team I like from the Big Ten is actually one that you didn't mention, and it is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, Iowa's been playing some great basketball recently, and I really think they should have beat Illinois a couple nights ago. They went, I think, 2 of 10 from the free throw line. 
in the final like three or four minutes. But if I had to pick one team to win the Big Ten and, and make a deep tournament run, uh, I, I really like the Hawkeyes here. Um, they've been playing well. Had won five straight games before dropping that game to Illinois um, on Sunday. And, you know, I, I just think this is a team that can make a very deep run um, and kind of be like, you know, your your poor man's version of a Wisconsin team that makes a deep run in the tournament. So they're a, they're a team that's a little bit of a dark horse for me. Okay. Anything can happen. This is the beginning of March. The conference tournaments have been electric, as I've said. Um, it's exciting, you know. I mean, a lot of games tomorrow, as Jared pointed out in a text, kind of the first slate of all the big conference tournaments starting. We got Syracuse and Duke at 9 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. I can get up and start watching early. I mean, that's crazy. And Buddy Behan will be suspended for that game. Um, so we'll see what – he is their leading scorer, so we'll see what end up, ends up happening there. Um, that's pretty much all I got, which I think next week's going to be a big March Madness-focused show. And then we got the Masters coming up. But solid. Solid to be back. Solid to be talking to y'all. Solid to see you puffing the stick. And, uh, yeah, this has been uh, the opening line. Any closing, closing thoughts, Wits? Uh, It's just good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, About to get on a a great run of sports here. And then when it's all over, weather will be nice outside. So can't complain. Yeah. And and then, of course, we'll be able to see people hitting home. Hmm. No home runs this year? I don't know, man. I do not. What about a a strike? Hmm. No strikeouts either. Just, Just a regular strike. Just a regular strike. That's, that's hurting the worst league in American sports, fandom-wise, revenue-wise. They're just hurting themselves, Wits. They're going to become hockey. They're going to disappear on us for two years. I hope not, but we'll, uh, we'll see. Hopefully they get a deal done by the time uh, the Masters rolls around. Um, <laughs> because otherwise, we'll just have to deal with uh, golf majors for the summer, which is fine, but they only come – about once a month, so it can be tough. <laughs> it's a lot of free time. Yeah, this has been the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. We'll be back next week for our March Madness special. We're just gonna be throwing money your way come March Madness. Peace.
Show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.